From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome in, Mark Weiser with Ryan Dennis of the Athens Banner Herald. And college football is here. Ryan, are you on board for week zero? There is football this weekend. Always on board for week zero, and it seems like a pretty good schedule from what I can tell. I, and, uh, you know, I think you get a nightcap with Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Does that do anything for you? Um, if I have insomniac or something, maybe, um, you know. <laughs> Put you to sleep pretty easily. Uh, Who else sure. is on the docket? Do you have that uh, on top of your head? It seems Ryan, like... Ryan, we will get to that later in the show. We won't make many picks this week, but we'll make some at the end of the show. But we have more important pressing matters on the local level here with the Georgia Bulldogs. Ryan, Kirby Smart, I think he had a good run as the highest paid college football coach in the land. Not no more. But uh, now Nick Saban is back on top as the highest paid coach. For 2022, Nick Saban is set to earn $10.7 million. Kirby Smart at $10.25 million. Is that the way it should be? Yeah, probably. I mean, you look at Kirby being the latest national championship winner, but, I mean, he's still only got one under his belt. I think Nick Saban could possibly, probably be considered the greatest college football coach of all time and should be paid accordingly. Now, it's kind of funny to me that, you know, you always have this battle uh, back and forth, but... Uh, you know, it seems like when Dabo Swinney won, it was, you know, a race to see how much he could get paid. And then, uh, you know, Nick always counters that and then adds somehow eight more years to every contract. It seems like he's going to be working until he's like 95. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to be working until the end of this contract. Um, I mean, what, what does it matter? Just extend him, give him a lifetime deal. But Yeah, really. Um, Seven national titles, I think it is, for Saban, one for Kirby. So, you know, it's hard to argue with that. The real question is, uh, should Mel Tucker be making $9.5 million? I think that's the number. <laughs> I think I did see that argument the other day on uh, one of the social medias. But, uh, hey, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot, as they say. And it looks like Mel Tucker did, and he had a good year, you know, first year at Michigan State or second year at Michigan State. And, uh, but, yeah, he probably should not be up in the same realm as the Kirby's and Nick Sabins. Ryan, uh, we get a lot of emails, um, and sometimes they are not worth a tweet even or a story or anything. So sometimes it's just good to, to share it on the podcast. Dunkin' Donuts is uh, – oh, I'm sorry. Don't call it Dunkin' Donuts. I think it's just called Dunkin'. Uh, now a proud partner, not, not just a partner, a proud partner of the University of Georgia Athletics. And uh, they're having a limited edition Dogs Donut. I was going to screen grab that and pick, uh, you know. Oh, did you get that? Oh, I sent it to you, didn't I? Well, I, I got it, too, right before oh. you sent it to me. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was going to be a little more magical. I thought it was going to have a bulldog face on there, you know, in, in icing. But it was just red and black sprinkles, which didn't do much for me. But you know who it did do some for? Matthew Bowling, right? Any a proud NIL deal with uh, Dunkin' Donuts? Remember that? You can get your own Matthew Bowling coffee. Yeah, the way Math- Matthew, Bowling, Matthew Bowling is uh, an NIL kind of God. I mean, I, he, I saw him hawking something else the other day. I already forgot the products, but um, you know, I guess he's in the track and field world, he's kind of royalty with, in the college scene, so 
Um, but did that donut? I mean, you looked at it, right? Uh, outside of the yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, outside of the employees in their Georgia shirts, I mean, it looked like a standard sprinkled donut. Yeah, it didn't didn't do that too much to me. Now, so if you have a, a hankering for some donuts around town here, where, where are you going to grab them at? You know, Zombie downtown that uh, you know used to be uh, near our office. I guess we can say that uh, was pretty good. Uh, have you tried Nedza's? Oh yeah, down in Five Points there. Yeah, I've had it. Um, what, what about um, the one out? They're opening a second location in town, the Cafe Racer. Oh, yeah. Down in Watkinsville, right? No, it's not Watkinsville. It's like more towards Oglethorpe County, I think. Well, the, the, original, oh, no. the original one's out, you know, Lexington Road, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, and then they're opening a second one, if I'm not mistaken. Is it in, Watkinsville or Athens? In the Wire Park, you know, oh, the oh, new Wire one. Oh, Wire Park, okay. All right. But I think Nets has opened a second location, too, and... It might not be in Athens, but, uh, you know, it, it, I'm not a big fan of, like, putting Cocoa Crisp and stuff on donuts. That doesn't do much for me. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a standard Krispy Kreme, just give me some glaze on it type of guy. But uh, some of those that Zombie does is, uh, is unique and, and, and delightful. I believe I'm the only podcast co-host that has <clears throat> brought maybe some donuts to the uh, podcast. I'm waiting for I disagree. I brought, I brought in some zombie one time. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. Memory a little foggy. Uh, you know, I think we've kind of lost uh, our listeners that like might be in Atlanta or Valdosta since we're talking about Athens Donuts. Well, I guess some of these are chains, but let's turn it back to some football. Uh, Ryan, Georgia lost a running back over the weekend in a scrimmage. Uh, Andrew Paul, torn ACL. Georgia down to four scholarship tailbacks. Uh, what does it mean in your mind? Well, you know, I think we knew who we had already with uh, Kenny McIntosh and, and Kendall Milton. So you were looking for some depth behind that. And of course, you bring in a stud-looking, you know, freshman in, in Branson Robinson. And I don't think a lot was was expected out of Paul, but apparently he opened a few eyes there early in camp, and there was talk that maybe he could, uh, you know, be that third back, but obviously it limits your depth, but you, you know, you still have three guys now. I think when it comes down to is Kendall Milton's always had a history uh, of tweaking something. And even the case this fall or this fall camp, he's had some, some injury issues. Hamstring, yeah. Yeah. So I think when it comes to that, you're looking at, man, if, if something happens to Kendall, we're down to uh, you know, just a few guys. Now, let's not count out Dejon Edwards. I think he's going to provide, you know, a, a, a good bit of depth at a, at a third or fourth running back position. So, uh, obviously, it hurts a little bit, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not one of your, your top two guys, I guess. Be curious to see how Del McGee kind of uh, uses those running backs in terms of after McIntosh and presuming that Milton is available. I mean, wasn't it uh, was it a game? Was it a home game against Clemson or a road game against Clemson when you had a, a young guy named Nick Chubb lose his shoe? Uh, you remember that? Yeah, home game, 2014. Yeah, yeah home game. Yeah. And, but where? Like, wasn't he like the third or fourth back in that day or something? Right. I believe that. Um, trying to think Ty back Gurley. you had sony michelle obviously tiger early uh was he was he in yet? yeah 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 he but he was he was already the feature right, right, right. guy so uh you had sony and nick coming in as kind of the the counterpunch but yeah i mean uh what he did that day, I think everybody was like, ooh, because it seemed like he, you know, threw some guys off of him, and he just had that look, and 
I think that's what we're looking at Branson Robinson like, man, that guy's built kind of like Nick Chubb was. So, All right. Well, Paul, take him out of the equation. Let's look at the freshman that Georgia has. Uh, I guess it ended up being the number three class after they got um, – didn't they have a late edition? Uh, maybe did, did it was it already number three before they got Marcus Washington Jr. I don't, I don't remember, but when he f- changed classification or whatever, yeah, changed yeah. years, um, graduation. All right. So, w- which freshman do you think will make the biggest impact? Uh, give me a top five. Uh, give you a little homework assignment, which I uh, told yeah, you about. Me last second. Told you about an hour before yeah, the show. Uh, I got my list and. Uh, what do, you, I, what do you think? I'll give you a, I'll give you three. How about that? Nope, I mean, nope. I need a top five. <laughs> well, I think first off, Michael Williams is a guy. You know, he's maybe top of the board for your uh, big board coming in last year, and obviously with all you lose and you know Jordan Davis on that line and uh, uh, the other guy that went to the Packers, uh, Devontae Wyatt. Uh, you know, you hear great things out of him this fall camp. I think he's going to be a guy that comes in and can, can make an impact right away, whether that's, uh, you know, next to uh, Carter or, or uh, you know, on the other side from uh, Nolan Smith maybe, something like that. Secondly, uh, I think Malachi starts. We've heard some things about him, another five-star coming in right down the road in Jefferson uh, with a thinned-out uh, safety, you know, defensive backcore, uh, losing scene and, and, and you know, uh, Kendrick in the secondary. He's a guy that I think is going to come in, you know, a, a big hitter, big athlete and that will come in and, and make a, a pretty good impact, I think, uh, early on. Uh, we might see him out of the gates against Oregon. Have have a pretty good pretty good role in this new Georgia defense uh, with a lot of new faces, and I think third I think we talked about Branson Robinson, uh, especially now that Andrew Paul is out of the equation. I think he's a guy that you're going to see some early carries out of him in that first game. So there's my three. You give me a couple more, and I'll uh, all right think about it. Ryan did a good job of filibustering there as I went to close the podcast studio door that just popped open. By the way, we are in our new podcast studio so we still have some kinks to work through including our microphone and our hopefully studio. it sounds a little better this week though than talking Ryan around has, the computer spent the, he spent the entire weekend trying to he's like a mad scientist with wires and, yeah and software programs and anyway here's my top five and i'm going with the number one choices because it's i think it's on the safe side given what we've already seen and we know it's a position that's featured oscar delp now georgia's already got Obviously, three talented dudes at tight end ahead of him. But I think, you know, the tight ends are going to be such a targeted part of the offense that I think Delp's going to have a role. And I feel safer that he's going to make, you know, some contributions. Um, You know, Michael Williams, as you mentioned, I have him number two. A lot of pedigree and opportunity there with guys moving on to the NFL. And, you know, when you have these guys that probably project as a three-year player on the college level, you're not going to waste any time to, to get something out of them and, uh, you know, try to work them in certain packages. My th- number three is not one guy. I'm putting three guys because I don't really know which of these three guys might emerge. But I think there's an opportunity with Arian Smith out, whether it's C.J. Smith, who I saw him make a nice catch yesterday in practice on a deep ball, Dylan Bell, who you've heard a lot of good things about, and then Denylon Morissette, who's battled some injuries this preseason. I think one of those three guys needs to emerge and will have a chance to emerge. And then number four, I'm going to put Brett Thorson just because I assume he's going to end up winning the punting job, and so he's going to get a lot of reps. Uh, although Noah Jones is still competing for that spot, I guess. And then Branson Robinson I have at number five. 
just because, you know, he might end up being the third back, and then if Kendall's injured, he could be the second. Um, and then I'll, I'll put Starks, Marvin Jones, Jalen Walker as, as the next tier. Let me throw this out to you about Brett Thorson. Uh, somehow Georgia gets these beloved kickers all the time. You know, you had Hot Rod, Rodrigo Blankenship, and then I think Camarda became – you know, a fan favorite because of some of the booming punts. Now, you got this kid from Australia coming in to be the – likely to be the punter. I mean, don't you see the University of Georgia nation just rallying behind this dude and throwing boomerangs on the field or something after he uh, has a good punt? I mean, if he shanks a couple, I don't think they're, I don't think they're <laughs> well, going to – Well, going back to Jake Camarda, right? I mean, he, he didn't have the most promising of starts uh, as, as a freshman, but he, he worked it out and was booming them by his senior year. All right, Ryan, let's flip it to uh, – had a chance to visit with Tate Rallage the other day. The uh, – perhaps the starting right guard again for your Georgia Bulldogs and uh, got a chance to look up close at his mullet. Uh, yeah, everything about him's big. And not, not a part of the buzz cut, Even boys. the mullet. What's that? I mean, that dude's just big. The mullet, the mm-hmm. – I mean, everything. He's just a big old dude. Will you be subscribing and listening to his podcast with Rylan Goaty? You know, how many episodes they have so far? They have I, think, I think zero. I don't think it's launched yet. Oh, I thought they had he, like two out there already. No, he's, but, if they did, I haven't seen it. But he said that they had recorded their first one. I'd give it a listen. How about that? You know, that's what I do with most things. I, I dip my toe in the water, and if I like it, I'll subscribe to it. Hopefully, like people do with us. But, <laughs> but I'll, give it, I'll give it a listen. I mean, uh, you know, are, are they able to, uh, to get sponsorship for this? Or are they just two dudes in their dorm room? Do they expand I mean, on how they're going to do this? Sure, they can get sponsorship. NIL deals. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe cool. the Bulldogs Extra podcast should sponsor We sponsor that each other. <laughs> I, I can't remember the name of their podcast. It, it does have a name already. Um, so before we ask about Tate and, and what he means to the offense line, where do you stand with mullets? Are you, are you uh, for it? No, I think it's a silly fad right now. I guess, uh, I don't know, it's very... Wait, wait, you fad? You're, you're saying it went out of style at one point? It had to have, right? I mean, it was, it was here and it kind of went out. I did see that there was a uh, child mullet competition the other day. I and saw I, that too, yeah. I thought that was, uh, you know, kind of child abuse, to be honest. Like, you know, making your kid wear a mullet. Now, you, you follow golf any, you know, Cam Smith, from another Australian. He, he wore it and, and still wears it. And uh, apparently it's very popular. His girlfriend doesn't like it. But I'm not, I'm not a fan of the mullets. Rattledge coming off a list. Frank injury also dealt with a turf toe injury this preseason. Um, do you, I mean, I guess it's kind of, you know, you hope he can make it back after. It sounds like he had a pretty tough time dealing with, you know, just kind of being removed from the, the, the ability to play last year. He only played four snaps. Um, just gives them another, uh, you know, piece as a uh, kind of a, a mauler on the offensive line and, you know, gives you a chance to have depth, whether it's Devin Willick or Xavier Truss. Uh, you got to kind of find the right guys uh, to, to throw out there. Obviously, I mean, he was your starter last year in game one. I, I think he's a guy that Georgia really wants in there. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely pull for him to come back this year and, and uh, you know, be a, be a starter. I think he's a guy that, that Georgia counted on to be a long-term guy at, at your right guard there. And, uh, you know, four plays in, he goes down. But he's a guy I think Georgia Georgia needs. All right, let's take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk about the uh, backup quarterback situation, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game against Oregon and neutral site games. And we'll hit on some other things, including those week zero games. 
All right, we're back. Ryan, uh, Carson Beck or Brock Vandergriff, who is Georgia calling on if Stetson Bennett goes down and they uh, need to call on another dude? I think it's pretty clear that it's Carson Beck, right? I mean, it seems like from G-Day to now, he's your, your strong number two guy. Now, we said this last year, did we not, when J- uh, JT Daniels went down, we were pretty certain he was going to be the starter against uh, who was it, UAB in that game that Stetson comes in and throws five touchdowns in like seven passes. But I, I think Carson's locked into that number two guy now. And I, you know, obviously Brock Vandergriff doesn't have the experience that Stetson had last year when they turned to Stetson in that game, and he leads you to a national championship. But it, it seems to me, and you tell me what you've seen out at, at your 10 minutes of viewing, uh, you know, uh, what you've seen from, from the backup quarterback, that it seems like it's Carson's. I mean, Carson's going number two, but – I mean, he was last year. Do you, like I just do said. you not uh, trust Kirby Smart with what he said? And I don't know you might not have heard this, but here's what he said when he was asked multiple times about the backup quarterback after Saturday's second scrimmage. Oh, I read it from you on AthensCom. Did you read it? Okay, here here we go. The, the exact quote is: "They're two different guys. They each possess different parts of what Stetson does well. The thought process there is to, is." We're going to find out who's the best guy. Who gives you the best opportunity to win? Okay, that sounds like coach speak. <laughs> but then this sounds a little interesting. This sounds a little bit more uh, accurate or, or honest. Who are we playing? What are the packages you're running? What are you carrying that week with Stetson? How does it fit those two guys? So hmm. if they need uh, a guy to take off with his feet. You're looking at Brock, right? And make some plays. It's probably going to be Brock. I mean, I'm not saying Carson can't do that, but, but I think – that is, uh, you know, and, and what kind of, you know, team w- would that be? I mean, I, you'd have to break down their schedule and, and the opportunity to, you know, certain games Stetson was, was really, you know, making plays with his feet, and some of it was designed. So we'll see. Uh, I don't expect, unless there's an injury, I guess they could do a goal line package. But you don't need to do a goal line package with Brock. You have Stetson. He can do that kind of stuff too. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I think uh... – Hopefully nothing happens to Stetson, obviously. But if it does, then, you know, you're sitting pretty with a high four-star and two five-stars uh, right behind, though Georgia fans would probably argue that it don't matter what the star is. They'll throw out whoever they feel is best, as we've seen with uh, walk-on Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I'm not sure that the stars really matter if they're getting thrown into the fire right. in the heat of an SEC game. Um, you know, how would they perform with the pressure and under the lights and and that kind of thing? Um Chick-fil-A game, as we mentioned, is, uh, what, I think we're nine days away now. Georgia-Oregon, 3.30-ish uh, from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think the roof's going to be closed uh, given it's uh, early September kickoff in the afternoon. Uh, Georgia opened last year against Clemson in the Panther Stadium in Charlotte. Do you like neutral site games like these, or do you uh, wish these schools would schedule home-and-homes? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I feel like there's excitement around a game like this. It may, it gives you a feeling that it's something special. It's almost like a big time bowl game. You know, it's it's kind of leading up to it gives you that aura that it's it's big time. Is there more hype, more anticipation for this game or the Clemson game last year? It 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 feels like there was more around the Clemson game. Correct. Because you felt like you felt like it was too national title contenders. Right. I mean, Clemson was coming off a run of like six straight playoff appearances. Exactly. And, you know, Oregon has a coaching change. Now we know the Dan Lanning angle is interesting. That is very, yes. But, you know, it's not, to me, as hyped up 
as a Clemson game. Now, certainly by a week away from now, you know, it probably will be, except for Notre Dame, Ohio State. It's the it's probably the game of the weekend, or, or you know, in the top three or something like that. Yeah. But, huh? Notre Dame, eh? You know. Huh? Well, how about this one? Monday night following Georgia, <laughs> Clemson, Georgia Tech. Yeah. That's uh, that's a big nothing burger. Four, Forty-five thousand, and they're going to limit the attendance. <laughs> it, it, it's that's what the, that's what it is. I know. It just seventy-one thousand for Georgia. Cracks me up. And Oregon. You um, think there would be more Clemson fans there? Yeah. Yeah, there will be more Clemson fans. I'm well, sure. I mean, like that would fill the place up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, if you want to go, go to see Western Carolina at Georgia Tech, you can get free tickets. Georgia Tech's giving them away. Uh, hey, have you seen the Costco sales? Are these real? You know, there, there is a Costco that's opening in Athens. It's, I did. They're not, not going to sell Georgia football tickets, though, like I've seen. Uh, and, and I couldn't tell if it was accurate, but I saw, you know, Florida had tickets on sale there. Uh, and there was another one. It seemed like maybe South Carolina was Look, going that route. Georgia is still selling tickets for the Sanford game, which not is a home, Costco. home opener. There's no Costco here yet. And at... Uh, and the Vanderbilt game is not sold out yet. Do you think will Georgia sell out streak? Oh, of course. You think Georgia's not going to sell out every game? They will sell out every game. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I mean, national defending national champs. It seems like this happens every year, right? They that the somehow, Sanford gives tickets back, and Georgia's got to sell them. And somehow they end up getting sold out. I'm not saying something fishy's going <laughs> on, but. You think they just sell their own tickets to Ticket Hub or Ticket Stub or whatever it's called? And, I mean, I don't. Maybe and then they, they call that a sellout. Maybe they buy them themselves and they give them to like the boys' club or something. I don't know. That's good. That'd be nice. That's a good story. Well, it, not if they're fudging the, the sellout numbers. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of neutral site games, interesting uh, comments from Scott Strickland, the athletic director at Florida, to Mike Bianchi from the Orlando Sentinel about the Georgia Florida game. Um, now Strickland. In Florida, I think their their stance has been, you know, we're, Georgia Florida game is going to be played in Jacksonville. Going, you know, we, we love it there. Uh, obviously, Kirby's got a different opinion, which we talked about uh, once the game, you know, on campus, so he can host recruits. Uh, he said Strickland told the Orlando Sentinel, "There's been no formal conversations about moving the game." My counterpart at the University of Georgia. That's Josh Brooks. Mm. Seems committed to keeping the game in Jacksonville based on our conversations. Because of the tradition, the fact that the schools benefit financially from having the game in Jacksonville, I'd be surprised if it's ever moved. But obviously, Coach Smart is coming off a national championship and his voice <laughs> is listened to by a lot of people in Athens. Mm. <laughs> I get the sense there's a couple of media people in Georgia, didn't mention me, I don't think he's talking about me, who are driving this narrative because you're the first Florida media person who has even asked me that question. <laughs> That now, sounds, sounds uh, accurate to me, yeah. I don't know if, if Josh Brooks uh, would feel good about uh, Scott Strickland kind of, you know, voicing um, the fact that uh, he seems committed to, to keeping the game right. there because Josh hasn't said that publicly, not wanting to probably, you know, cross paths with Kirby on that issue. But what do you make of that? I mean, we, we feel like we talk about this every time it's brought up. And, I mean, when, when you can make – is it – 10 million more, 12 million more a year, it seems like, that can go to your athletic department. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not that much money. I mean, I um, it will, you know, it's a, it's a lot more than the. I think three, I was away from the microphone. It's not that three much. Three million money. that they can make, uh, yeah. you know, or they would make. Now, does the Athens economy lose some? I mean, I don't, Kirby doesn't care about that, obviously, but uh, it might impact the Athens economy. It does impact the Athens economy not to have that game here every other year. But to me, it's, it's, it's a tradition. It's always going to be there. It's not affecting Kirby's recruiting. 
It wasn't going to get, you know, three, five stars commit after that game. I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind too much. So I, I, I see that thing staying down there uh, as long as Jacksonville keeps, you know, dishing out the big time money to keep it there. Ryan, I know you've already forked over <clears throat> at least a minimum $5 needed to be a member of the Athens NIL Club. Uh, that has started up this week with some Georgia players uh, putting out on social media that this has uh, been a new venture in the NIL space, uh, a new collective. It'll give you a chance to uh, hear some players uh, in some uh, video chats, and you could go on message boards and talk to them. Brian, how much, how much are you going to enjoy that NIL club? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think that's cool how the the players were able to to kind of do this themselves, right? Well, I mean, there's a company in Atlanta that is reaching out to them, and they're starting up they're starting up these clubs all over the place. A bunch of colleges have them. Yeah, I think that's neat. It's, it's kind of like uh, Aaron Murray's uh, whole uh, what's their little thing where they well they're selling our newspaper, right? As a uh, as a NFT NFT yeah non fungible token. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Go get you one of those. Uh, if, is there only one of those that it's you can buy? The DGD to Mafia or uh, yeah. Players Lounge, I guess. Uh, but I, again, I think it's just one of those situations where this is what we kind of thought NIL should be—a way for players to market themselves, to to make some money, and and you know benefit themselves for for their names in, in situations like that whether it's make money off their jersey you know be a spot or a, a face for an advertising uh, a company like zaxby's or or one of these things so i think it's great that they're going out there and and kind of making these deals themselves and or at least being approached for for things like this where they can make money off of their name Im- image and likeness it'll be interesting to see you know a year from now if any of these um, you know, NIL collectives on the Georgia side, if they're all thriving or if somebody's merged or gone under or whatever, um, you know, because uh, you have the Classic City Collective as well. Yeah, let's don't keep it. Let's just keep it positive. Let's hope they, uh, they thrive and, and keep it rolling. Three more pop up. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, uh, Brian Kelly is now the head coach at LSU, as you know, but I've heard about that. Lou Holtz was, uh, I guess, in. Uh, I guess this is in Birmingham, Alabama, is what I'm seeing this from. Is that possible? I guess it might be. Uh, he, he was, I guess, doing an interview or speaking engagement. He, he said, I wrote Brian Kelly maybe eight positive letters during his time at Notre Dame, and I go to the mailbox every day hoping I'm going to find an answer. He never responded to one of them. A little, uh, little friction there between the uh, former LS, uh, Notre Dame coach or, or two former Notre Dame coaches. Um, Lou Holtz, by the way, does some, a magic act. Have you seen that? Who does? Lou, Lou Holtz. Uh-uh. He's kind of an interesting dude. I can talk like him if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. Let's see. <laughs> That's interesting, but you know, I mean, I think there's some harmony on the Georgia former coaches deal. I mean, you have all of them kind of got together for a couple of photos. Uh, yeah, Jim Donnan's around the Kirby's program a lot, and, and I mean, Mark that's Rick. just a cool story to me that they're all still around. I mean, Athens, every living, every living Georgia coach lives in uh, Watkinsville or Athens. It's pretty neat. LSU will be a team that will be fun to watch this year just because I don't know if that team is going to go 4-8 and eight or 8-4 eight and four, uh, in the regular season. Um, Ron, I know you're a big golf guy. I, I think you play golf at least uh, nine times a week. Uh, it's the Tour Championship at East Lake in mm-hmm. Atlanta starting today, I guess, or Friday? 
No, today. 11.45 is the first tee time. Uh-huh. Only one bulldog. I don't know if it's raining right? there like it is here. But yeah, we're supposed to be moving through. I looked it up. Sep Straka and Brian Harmon. Uh, two, that's right. Two Georgia golfers, former golfers to Georgia. They're among 29 players in the Tour Championship. Will Zalatoris had a withdrawal. Where does Will Zalatoris play his college golf? Uh, Wake Forest, I believe. Correct. Why, why are you quizzing me on that? Just uh, Since we're talking college golfers, I thought I'd throw it out there. Kevin Kisner apparently was near that 30-player cut line and, and did not make it. You know, he he had an impressive run. I think it was four or five straight years that he made the top 30, is which, right? which is hard. I mean, it, you know, for, for a guy that uh, – I mean, you wouldn't call him a, a fringe golfer. That's a bad word. But, I mean, he's a guy that's always in the Masters, always at the Tour Championship. And he just uh, he plays well all the time, and, and he you know he doesn't win often, but he's always top five, top ten uh, enough to, to get him in the tour championship. All right, let's do a uh, a quick round of some uh, news items that I've I've run across and uh, get your opinion. Saw that football. This is not really news, but I saw some football coaches uh, at UVA, Virginia, are handing out ice cream to I guess students on the lawn at UVA, uh, kind of the famous area there on campus. If Georgia did that. Which assistant would enjoy it the most and which would enjoy it the least in your mind? And shout out to the little ice cream dude who uh, has been around Athens. Uh, see him a lot at practice, after practice, uh, you know, on, on occasion, um, selling ice cream or handing out ice cream to the players. Who would enjoy it most and who least on the Georgia staff? Man, that's a tough one. Right, right off my the... answers. I give you my answers. Okay. Scott Cochran, even though he's not an on-field assistant, would enjoy it the most. Seems like a guy that would be like, yeah, you go good. Come get your ice cream. Yeah, he loved his ice cream. And I was just saying this based on the fact that uh, he didn't enjoy talking to the media. Stacy Searles would enjoy it the least, I think. Really? Uh, handing out ice cream back yeah. in the day. Didn't, didn't really enjoy didn't interact, uh, his, uh, his interactions. Uh, when, now, Mark Rick kind of threw his assistance out there, uh, you know, pretty often. Yeah, yeah <laughs> comparably, I know. I but that. Uh, I you got any answers on that? Or you want to pass on that round? I mean, I'm trying to think, and all of them just seem like uh, business-like guys. I, I'm trying to think. It's funny. When you asked that, I was debating, is Will Muschamp a guy that would love it or hate it? I, I, I think can't, he might like it. I, I can't decide. Like I feel like he would. Yeah, I feel like he would be a guy that would that would like doing that. Glenn Schumann, I, I'm picturing his face, and I'm like, yeah, here's your ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> come get your yeah, ice cream. Now let's get back to the <laughs> let's get back to the business of football here. Um, you know, you think about Dale McGee, I don't know. Or what about uh, Trey Scott? Uh, he, he just seems like a guy that would be like, okay, yeah, well, let's get out of here. I think B-Mac might be pretty good with that. Who? Brian McClellan. Oh, B-Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, 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 I think Kirby would put on a good face, you know, as the face of the program. He'd be like, yeah, we had fun doing that today. He'd start off his press conference with that. Just a little note, uh, we went out and handed out ice cream today and had a great time. It was good to see the <laughs> smiles on all the students' faces. Ryan, do you think that uh, Georgia or any big-time program would uh, adopt a trick play from the high school level? They would take a play they saw, they went viral. Not that play. Tell the audience what we're talking about. So Loganville High School, I'm sure if you're on Twitter or any social media of the like, a TikTok, it probably made its rounds that... Loganville had a third and long, you know, fourth overtime the other day and did a tight end handoff who then flung it over his head backwards and it was caught by a tight end. Now, the rumor was that it was the game winning play. Now, after talking to the coach, who's ruled down at the one, 
they had to score the next play. Oh, they did. I didn't even know that. And then, if you'd have read the Athens Banner Herald article, you would have noticed. But then they had to stop Monroe area on defense. But anyway, to pull out It wasn't a walk-off play. It was not a walk-off. To pull out that play, though, at any moment, uh, it it takes some some guts to, to have faith like that. Now... There's, you know, when you when you think about trick plays, I was thinking about this while while writing the article. You think about Boise State against Oklahoma, right? Well, you, they had two. They did the hook and ladder. Now that's pretty standard. And then they did the Statue of Liberty thing, where the uh, I can't remember the quarterback's name. Was he the guy that came in here, Zabrowski or whatever, that came in here to Georgia maybe the next year? But he holds the ball behind his back, and and the Zabrowski, yeah. The the running back took it. Uh, you know that's that's the craziest of the trick plays I think that you can think of at the uh, at the college level maybe. You don't think about Justin Fields fake punt? <laughs> oh gosh, man, just brought this podcast to a screeching halt. All right, let's move on from that. Hey, uh, Lawrence Cager now on the New York Jets. Did you know he's a tight end now? I did, and saw him have a touchdown against the Falcons the other day as a tight end, and he looks the part of a tight end. Yeah, I think that's a great move. Right. Yeah, I mean, big body dude and. Yeah. You know, pretty. He didn't play. Did he play like maybe a half a season? He was injury riddled that year, kind of, but had some big moments. Yeah. Um, Florida comes to mind with his uh, yeah, in, so inside we, wheel route thing. I don't, I don't know what the roster situation looks like there, but it'd be good if he can find a good role like that. Um, yeah, pulling for him. Connor Tate back with Georgia baseball for a six year. Uh, didn't get drafted, so I guess uh, you know didn't want to sign. I guess as an undrafted free agent. Um, was his brother, uh, yeah, I think that his brother's that, out of eligibility. Cool. Yeah, it was that odd situation where he got injured. Uh, the one that stayed, Connor. Yeah. And uh, I think he. Are we sure this is six years? Might even be a seventh. With COVID, I think and then he a, had no, a red shirt year, and then he had an injury. No, year. this is a six year. Six year. Okay. That's Thank a long time though. I remember covering that dude as a freshman at Oconee County High School. Yeah. All right, let's make our week zero picks. We're not going to pick with any point spread. We're only making only picked out four games. Uh, I'm not doing point spreads because I think all these games, to a certain extent, are are kind of uh, could it be even an upset deal. Nebraska Northwestern are playing in Ireland oh, yeah. on Saturday. Ryan, you ever been to Ireland? Never been to Ireland. Flown over it before. Did you did you drop some leaflets like uh, please uh, evacuate the area or anything? No, I looked for uh, four leaf clovers but couldn't find it. Okay. Um, I have not been to Ireland either. I did go to Europe this summer for the first time in like 15 years. And I will say this, my impressions are that NFL uh, football is well-branded there in the stores. You can find NFL gear. You know, they, they play a, a couple games a year there. You'll see college football shirts and, and hats on tourists in Europe, but I didn't see any in stores. Like, I was looking. I was like, is there going to be a Georgia National Championship shirt somewhere? Nope. I didn't see it anywhere. All football? Yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of soccer, as us mm-hmm. Americans call it. But um, So, interesting to see uh, that game. I'll, I'll take – I mean, there's a lot of pressure uh, for Nebraska mm-hmm. to win that game. Scott Frost, yeah. On Scott Frost. I'll, I'll take Nebraska over Northwestern. I think they both were like three and nine last year or something. Yeah, did you say that they're 13 and a half point favorites? I know we're not going against spread here in Nebraska. I haven't looked at the spread. But, but uh, yeah. I, you know, I pull for, I'm pulling for Nebraska. I, I, you know, I want to see them get back in the college football mix as a, as a good team again. So, uh, I'll take Nebraska. Well, I mean, it's one thing to beat Northwestern. It's another to become a good team again. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a first step. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Wyoming and Illinois. It seems like Illinois always is playing these week zero games. This is on a Big Ten network. 
I will take Illinois and Bielema to uh, win this. Didn't they win last year? Then they kind of laid the egg the next week. I feel like I don't remember. Who you got? Who you got? I can't remember that far. Yeah, I like Illinois and and uh, like you said, Brett Bielema. You know, I think he's a guy that can get them to an eight and four type of season. Didn't Florida State lose a pretty uh, a game where they were really heavily favored recently? Didn't they lose to one at Jacksonville State? Yeah, I think Was so. that not the game where the kid proposed on the field after yeah. uh, losing to Jack State? Yeah. This, this week it's going to be Duquesne playing in Tallahassee. I, I think this will be uh, a lopsided affair this time. I'll, I'll take the Seminoles to win big, but I'm not saying that there couldn't be another deal like that. I mean, we're that. talking about Duquesne, man. I I mean, I don't. If, if, if this is a close game, then FSU has major issues they need to – look deeper into and that's another program i think college football is better when they're good so you know taking a small step uh with a big win over Duquesne. all right vanderbilt hawaii is the game that you mentioned to start at the top of the show cbs sports network i mean i think both these programs are are, are pretty uh down in the dumps and but i think hawaii is even more down in the dumps didn't they have a i think they had a bunch of player uh, attrition and then they had a coaching change. I think Timmy Chang is now the head coach, the former quarterback. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's a sweet trip, though. If you cover Vanderbilt, you get to go out to uh, Oahu, I guess it is, uh, for, for that matchup. I will be curious to see how that thing plays out. I think Vanderbilt will win. I mean, gosh, you're an SEC team, man. Uh, you you got to go represent the SEC well and, and come out of there with at least – I'm looking here, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite Vanderbilt is, and, and I think they'll win uh, handily out there. I really do. And uh, was it Clark Lee is the, is the uh-huh. coach? Yeah. Uh, maybe he can build them back toward at least days of, uh, of uh, the guy Franklin, James Franklin. You know, I, they might, might not ever be that good again, but uh, build, build up a little something. Maybe they can look at uh, being bowl eligible by the end of the year. Georgia beat Vandy by 50 points uh, at home? This year? Yeah. I mean, if it goes the route of last year's game, yeah. I mean, it was 50 nothing by the by the second quarter. <laughs> We're getting some construction crew uh, pounding around uh, the office uh, here. I think it's upstairs. I don't know what that is, but uh, that's our signal to get out of here. But, yeah, I think uh, it is. Yeah, that, that's we'll be back next week. Hey, Ryan might be able to pull some strings and, and get the technology to – have a guest next week. That would be amazing. Yeah, putting the pressure on. We'll see what we can do. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. See ya.